East High. Hello, podcast. It's Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 2, one minute at a time. I'm Kondra. And I'm Tyler. And today we're talking about Minute 100 of High School Musical 2. 100! Tyler, in four seasons of Amateur Nerds podcast... We we're we a little never over th- endeavored. We're a little over three hundred episodes now. One third of those episodes is High School Musical two. Yeah, don't remind me. <laughs> it's just interesting. We've never gone this. F- we're boldly going where no amateur nerd has gone before. Yeah, I mean, this this movie should have ended ten minutes ago. I think we can all agree. <laughs> could trim out some of the Sharpay reacting on different parts of the <laughs> golf course. Just sure. trim out a whole a whole song. There's there's one in the middle there that they should have kept out of the movie. Yeah, humu humu. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, just just speed this all along here. Come on, what are we doing? Let's get well, I mean, we're we're in the climax. We're getting to the end. Yeah. Let's talk about it. All right. So Minute 100 starts out with Troy singing Every Day, title of the song, and ends with them both singing and because. (laughs) Because the wind is high, it blows my mind. Mm. Deep. Beatles. (laughs) Thank you. You're right. That that Beatles song isn't as deep as it thinks it is. Nope. <laughs> but it's still a good song. It is a good song. No, it, the the <laughs> lack of... I actually like the Cirque du Soleil version, too, which is real basic. Yeah. No, the, the but, Cirque du Soleil versions of those songs are good. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so something we realized we forgot to talk about in the last minute. Oh. <laughs> well, okay. So first off, when when it's just Troy and Kelsey standing by the piano behind it's kind of like this medium wide shot behind them you can see the drummer of the band and the drummer is like playing with his sticks and he's like waving the sticks near the hi-hat that doesn't look like he's hitting the hi-hat but he's he's doing it like to the tempo of the music it's like a ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta like he's doing a drummer rhythm and he's doing it like either so quietly that it can't be heard only the dogs and mice can hear (laughs) or that he's just like kind of just doing it in the air to like help him keep tempo but it's so confusing like why like the way they mixed the song you can't hear anything but piano and singing until the other instruments kick in later Mm -hmm. so why did they bother to have the drummer even in the frame like, why did they accident? have him do that? Couldn't could they an, just have him sit there? Was it an accident? It, well, it couldn't have. Nothing in a movie is an accident. Like, well, there are things in movies that are accidents. But, like, you have to assume that everything you're seeing, you're seeing for a reason. And, like, I don't know why they made this decision. But anyway. I mean, yes, they that there are reasons for things. But, like, also, we've seen wide shots before where extras are doing things that were like, Why? what happened here (laughs) yeah at the end of the day i love i love a a background extra who's just doing their thing Mm -hmm. so it 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 brings joy it's not not even a criticism it's something that's great about the movie sparks joy are we sparking joy here (laughs) yes marie so the other thing we did not really acknowledge is uh zach efron's face 
in the last minute. He goes through, <laughs> uh, Troy goes through a lot of emotions. He's feeling a lot of things. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, I mean, it's the classic, like, one of the great boons of this series is that you get to see Zac Efron pull faces. Yeah, and there's a lot of confusion face while also trying to, like, stay focused and keep singing, which is kind of yeah. funny. Yeah, he does a good job because he's, like, shocked that Gabriella is there, but he has to sing the next bar or otherwise the song will sound bad. And yeah. then he won't get his scholarship. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting, too, because it's just the setup of the, the song is, like, Troy's going out on stage to sing. And in the past, he's been like, I can't sing unless it's with Gabriella. And he was singing, and he didn't even think that Gabriella was going to be there. Yeah. So he was putting on a really brave face, like, singing without her. And then it uh, just turns out that she was there. So no character growth. Oh, well. Well, it's like character growth in that he could, he was brave and started on his own, hoping that, like, he tr- put his trust in Kelsey, to be completely honest, that <laughs> that it was going to go the way he wanted, like, the way she was envisioning, and that he was just, he was not being a leader. He is learning how to be a follower as well. Yeah, but, like, you know when an adult is teaching a kid how to ride a bike and then, like, just a two-wheel bike, not no training wheels? Yeah. And the adult will, like, kind of, like, walk along next to them to, like, keep them balanced? Yeah. And then the adult will let go and the kid will be riding the, the bike on their own and the kid will turn around and, and the adult's not even there anymore. And you're, they're like, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And this is, like, if the kid was, like, riding the bike on their own and then the parent was like, no, wait, let me hold on again. Like... He went to try something new, and then it was just like, no, it's the same thing again. I I don't know. I yeah, just no, thought there, of that bike analogy and wanted to share it. There is some of that there, but I also think like that Troy didn't know all the detail. Like with Breaking Free, he knew. Oh, I need to be here at o six hundred. Like this. Like it was planned. <laughs> Six in to the morning the was the basketball game. It was planned to the second, <laughs> and in in this, he's like just going with like, yeah, Ryan's telling me to do this. Kelsey's teaching me a song. I'm walking on stage. I don't know what's happening next. There, there is yeah. some trust in his friends that that he's conveying. So it, as much as like, the handlebars are being grabbed again to continue with your analogy, it's as if he's also blindfolded. <laughs> yeah i i just don't know if that's necessarily growth for him like he's always relied on his friends and he's always been kind of like just kind of a go with the flow guy like it's not like he it's not like he's a particularly strong agent in these movies no i mean he's not like he's not like an action forward person but let's move on troy and gabriella are singing and they, Troy kind of walks down the steps in the front of the stage towards her, and they eventually come face-to-face with their singing as they kind of reach a climax of the line. And they hug. <laughs> they, yes. I, they, yeah, they sing every day, and then there's kind of a beat where they embrace very closely. They lean their heads, like their foreheads against each other, yeah. but they don't kiss. Nope, no kissing. Uh, And I have to apologize and rescind a comment from the last minute. Uh, Taylor blows her kisses in this minute when they hug. Yeah, there's kind of a a big cheer that goes up from the Wildcats group. To indicate to the crowd that this means something beyond just two teenagers (laughs) singing. (laughs) No, I think the crowd can feel the electricity here. 
They're like, ooh, these two teens are in love. <laughs> but, like, don't realize that something happened. Yeah, they don't realize that this is a reunion. Yeah. Yeah. And then they walk back on stage, and now the, uh, what we haven't talked about is this kind of backdrop on the stage, uh, which is all clouds. It's very windy, Blue sky too. and white clouds. And it's also just, like, windy out, so, like, Troy's hair is blowing, the thing is moving a little, so it looks kind of like the clouds are moving. Yeah, either it's windy or they've got, like, fans on them. <laughs> or both. To just, like, set the mood, which I think is more likely. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, it's very sky-themed. And, of course, Troy's wearing this sort of, like, very, very light blue, like, almost white shirt with a white blazer. And Gabriella's wearing the white dress with a blue cinch. And everything is very colored, like, on, on theme. We'd, we haven't talked about Kelsey's hat. Oh, which is like so a cute. little white news like a, cap. It's it's blue. Oh, Kelsey's what? hat's blue with with kind of these like white trim, and it's less of a news cap and more more of like a kind of like army ish hat. It's like it's like a somewhere between a news cap and a weird army hat, but one of one of Kelsey's better hats. Indeed. <laughs> Kelsey wears a lot of hats in the country club. She plays piano. She hangs out in the kitchen. And she just wears hats, literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Troy, in his desperation to add some choreography to the song, starts walking behind Gabriella doing the old walk and snap from bed on Yeah. It. He brings Which back I'm the trying snap. to remember like where that move would be from. I don't like Well, he kinda does it in bed on it when he's like rolling the dice. <laughs> but like and honestly it's very similar to some of the dance moves in um it's hard to believe that i couldn't sneeze uh the sharpay and ryan version yeah what was that song actually called what i've been looking, I've for? Been looking yeah. for i was like running um, my head through the chorus i was like where is the <laughs> line yeah and and i i think the lack of choreography in comparison to like breaking free has to do with the fact that they this is unrehearsed in a lot of sense. Like they yeah. did not sing together. So they're just kind of going through or Troy's going through motions that he's done before, whether they were in real life or he saw on stage. Cause like Bet on It hypothetically didn't actually happen. It was just like his <laughs> dream sequence. <laughs> Here's my thing, though. Comparing it to Breaking Free, which I think is a valid thing for us to do. Breaking Free, like, yeah, like, they had rehearsed the song, but it didn't feel like they had, like, really, like, done dance choreography. Well, I mean, they, they do still the kind big of just, like, spin. But it it still kind of felt, like, impromptu and, like, it, it natural and in the, in the sort of, like, fantasy realism of the musical numbers in general. Like, it felt appropriate for what was going on in that moment in the movie here, it feels really lackluster that like the only like dancing that's going on is Troy, like pointing towards the ground or he grabs at Gabriella's arm to put on his chest when they sing about like following their heart or listening yeah, to their heart. Like, it's rough. Like, yeah, it would break the react. Like maybe there's another world where I have a cinema sins esque complaint of like, where do they have time to learn the choreography? But I don't think I'm the type of person that would complain about just good choreography. Like, no, we yeah, we've it's a, enjoyed it's a Kenny's in the past. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, it's just weird that this one does not really have any, but then it matches 
the way we're supposed to understand the scene in that there was not a lot of rehearsal before this, at least for Troy. Yeah, I just like I like this is the climax of your high school musical too. like this is your big romantic Troy and Gabriella song. Make it interesting. <laughs> the other thing they don't do other than the one shot where they show the wildcats cheering, they don't show any reaction shots. They don't mm-hmm. cut away to other people. Like again, this is something this movie does, where it's like it zooms in on who you want to, f- who they think you want to focus on, which is Troy and Gabriella. But you don't need like at the end of the day, it's just like Gabriella's hair blowing in the wind, which looks great by the way. Oh, absolutely! I mean, she looks perfect. <laughs> like, <laughs> and Troy kind of like gazing his eyes upon her constantly, and that's and that's great. But like, you gotta cut like. Cut away to Sharpay reacting. Cut away to Fulton like secretly dancing. Or oh, that'd be so cut away cute. To, cut away to Jack Bolton and Troy's mom, or Peter and Claire, or the crowd in general. Like, show us how like how this matters from a story perspective that isn't just oh, we're doing a music video in the middle of this movie about how much these two teenagers are good at singing and, and are in love with each other. Yeah, I think, though, it helps to have some focus on them because we've had so little focus on them in the movie that, like, it does bring us back to the heart, quite literally, of the movie, um, which is the relationship between Troy and Gabriella and giving this time to reunite them and see how they are attempting to reunite in a way that's not super clear, but, like, is happening as we're watching. Like, they're trying to come to terms with themselves as we're watching. That's kind of interesting. I I would agree if the movie was presenting that, but it's just they're singing a big romantic song. I I agree that sometimes the, the moment is right to, like, do something small and focused on, like, just one person or just two people. But I don't know, like this, it just feels so uninspired. I I think, though, with where we're at with their relationship and kind of the audience's understanding of the plot, it makes some sense. Like, it's not ideal in any sense of, like... It's not them talking before making up and agreeing to go out on stage together, but for what it is, it doesn't answer all the questions, but it does work. Like, they're reuniting and both enjoying something that they like as a pair. Yeah. Like, this is important to them collectively. It's passable as a climax of the movie. I agree. Not ideal, but it works. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what can you expect more from High School Musical 2? I, I don't know, man. Is there anything else going on in this minute that we're It continues, not unless you want to talk more about the lyrics, which are um, every day from right now, going to use our voice and scream out loud, take my hand, together we will celebrate, celebrate, oh, every day. There was something I guess we were talking about in the green room was this song sounds like other songs to us. 
Oh yeah. There's there's something about the the way the notes are aligned that was reminiscent to a couple other songs other than Every Day by Buddy Holly, which is sheer coincidence. <laughs> Title or Once in a Lifetime by the Talking Heads. Yeah. <laughs> um, but ju- that just goes to show like how many clichés they're using in the in the lyrics. Um yeah, I was thinking it sounds like Can You Feel the Love Tonight, mostly in the in the sort of third and fourth line in the song. Uh, when Troy sings, so I believe that you and me could grab it while we can. That very much sounds like the sort of middle line of, you know, there's a calm surrender to the rush of day. Can you feel? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> like, it reminded me of that. Yeah, and I was thinking of Love Let Us Here by... Um, Hans Zimmer Kermit in, and Miss Piggy. Kermit and Miss Piggy um, <laughs> in Muppet Treasure Island. And you were pointing out to me that it was more the way the notes bounce. The, like the syllables, like yeah. it's kind of like... Like just the number of syllables in each word yeah. kind of bounce together. But yeah, like the song doesn't feel like... The music of the song doesn't feel like it's new and and spicy or, or original in a way like of all the songs that I in in these past two movies that I've kind of had a, a sour taste at the beginning of most of them have grown on me I can't imagine this song turning around and growing on me this song just feels forgettable well we will find out yeah maybe it'll turn the beat around love to hear percussion yeah I do love to hear percussion which maybe <laughs> we'll hear in the song there, there's already percussion. Yeah, yeah the, the band kicked in. I love the I love the band of like six white guys that are just on the side. Like we've talked. There's about like four guitarists. Yeah, we've talked about them before during Sharpay's rehearsal. <laughs> yeah, but um, it was it was just funny yeah. that they're still here. Anyway, do you want to do a decom of the week segment? Sure. So from what I understand, we're going old school here, and Tyler's going to give me the name of a Disney Channel original movie. And maybe like two other hints, and I'm gonna have to come up with the plot. Yeah, Condra. Now this is one that we've encountered briefly before, because it was the title that you had to guess in my most recent title game. Uh, We're talking about you, lucky dog. You, lucky dog. The 1998 television fantasy comedy film directed by Paul Schneider and starring Kurt Cameron. Wow, you gave me uh, comedy fantasy. You gave me a big clue there. So, yes, we have Kirk Cameron. We also have Chelsea Noble. And they were stars together on a television show called Growing Pains. Oh, I know the show because mom likes it, but I've never seen it before, um, to my knowledge. And I think they later got married. Kirk Cameron and Chelsea Noble are like two of the lead actors. I'll just say. And then you also got John Delancey in the mix. I know. John Delancey, most most famously the portrayer of Q from Star Trek. <gasps> right, 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 right. I was like, I know I know that name. Uh, that makes sense. Okay. And, yeah, it's You Lucky Dog. So, just to, how old are Kurt and... They're like adults. Chelsea. Okay, so it's like an adult cast? I guess. Yeah. So, which is unusual for a DCOM. But this is 1998. Like, this is the first year of DCOMs. DCOMs proper. Okay. So, all right. Comedy fantasy. You lucky dog. I'm going to guess 
it is does someone insult a wizard and they get turned into a dog that's how i'm gonna run with this i think um <laughs> thank you for your very politically correct insult a wizard <laughs> there are so many other ways that that has been portrayed in film but thank you for putting it the polite way I'm trying to think of a non-polite way to put that, and I guess my mind is just too pure. <laughs> Good. So Q will be the wizard because he's got that kind of face and it tracks. Um, the other two, so maybe they're like a young couple who are maybe a little dysfunctional, like they work a lot and like are trying to figure out like what it's like to live together in their new life in this new town that they're living in. And we'll just put Kurt under the bus. Um, he... I think it's Kirk. Kirk. Kirk Cameron. Okay. Um, I'm just going to call them by their actor name. Uh, no, we'll call him Bobby. <laughs> Great. Kirk is Bobby... Q is wizard and lady is Chelsea, Chelsea and Bobby. So they're a young couple. Great. They're a young couple like trying to adjust to their new life together. And one day Chelsea has like Kirk running all around creation, running errands kind of thing. Cause she's a busy working woman and he stumbles into wizard shop I love a wizard shop. Me too. That's like, honestly, the the Bruce Koval series has permanently ruined my brain, basically, because like I want every plot of a wizard shop kind of book to be like one of those. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing right now. So like, spoiler alert, if you've read any of those books, it's going to be that. And he thinks he's in the right shop, but discovers that he was not supposed to be there and he's trying to purchase something that he is not supposed to purchase and the wizard is bored and is like annoyed with him. So he is like, yes, you can take this home, but beware it may have un unexpected repercussions. So he like, doesn't really, is it a gremlin? No, it's not a gremlin. It's he turns himself into a dog. Like he gets turned into a dog and in turn. Wait, so he buys something from the wizard shop that turns him into a dog yeah. right then and there? Uh, no, like he wakes up in the morning kind of Freaky Friday-esque. Okay. And the wizard doesn't seem to have reason to really turn him into a dog other than he's bored and easily like annoyed by people. So that aren't part of his secret club. So like. He's like the witch of the waste yeah. in Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, I'll ruin someone's life. Yeah. Yeah, just because. And maybe, like, part of it, too, is the wizard then goes up against, like, the wizard council at some point. Like, that would be the resolution is, like, the wizard is, like... The wizard cops. Wizard, Yes, wizard cops. We'll bring those in, too. Um, <laughs> we've talked about those before. They... So, he gets turned into a dog, but he doesn't want Chelsea to know. But chelsea like stumbles on him as a dog and it's like oh bobby would love this dog but we really don't have time to be together and we wouldn't have time to take care of it but she starts like taking care of the dog and like realizing she hasn't been connecting not realizing that it's it's him her husband yeah and but where did she think her husband is <laughs> I, like he left for work really early like they're they're ships passing in the night like so it's like 17 again but it, instead of I, I, accidentally falling in love with a 17-year-old. 
who acts a lot like your husband. She accidentally falls in love with a dog who no, acts a lot like your husband. No, she more sees the dog as like, wow, maybe this is what our life was missing in terms of like giving us a reason to take time to be together and not work all the time and like... Okay, we yeah. we lost some of like we lost the date night element of our relationship when we got married and moved in together and all that stuff because we we there's expectation that we just see each other all the time anyways like so yeah she's like wow now I need to find Bobby so we can have a dog but like having the dog is center on some like zany things because Bobby's trying to like do things that she thinks. She, he thinks she would like to do and like there's shenanigans because he's a dog trying to go into people spaces and that kind of stuff there's got there's got to be shenanigans absolutely it's a comedy fantasy film um and while this is going on the wizard council is like wow this is a suspicious dog and like brings in the wizard who's like known for morphing people in the past and is like did you do this and he's like yes but i have a lesson to teach and they're like, just turn him back. <laughs> they're like, I'll allow it. <laughs> and just turn him back, like, at the end of the day, like, at sundown or something like that. And they... Crossing my fingers and hoping for a Shrek ending where the woman also gets turned into a dog. No. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but so, like, they're at the pet store because she has to get supplies for the dog. And... Bobby turns back into a person like they she runs into the wizard at the pet store and they like he like turns Bobby back and it was like hopefully you learned your lesson and he's like what are you talking about what lesson I wasn't doing anything wrong in the first place um but then they like because <laughs> that's how like wizard lessons are always like the worst it's like no that actually wasn't what I needed to learn but thanks for trying to put your input on my life and he, they, like, it ends with them, like, reuniting in front of, like, a puppy cage, and they pick out a puppy together and go home, like, with the expectation that they're going to reconnect with this puppy. Now, listen, I think it would have been great if they walked home with, with the dog collar, but without a dog. See, that's too symbolic wink. for a decom. Wink, wink. Oh. Like they figured out something else about their relationship through the process. No, no. It's a decom, Tyler. Get your hat out of the gutter. The other thing I was thinking that would have been funny was the council found out and was ticked at the wizard and turned the wizard into the dog, a, a dog, and then they went home with the wizard dog. <laughs> they take the wizard dog. That that would be funny too. Okay. Well, you're not exactly close. But, you know, it's a dog movie. <laughs> so here's the thing is... Is Q the voice of the dog? Our leads aren't aren't a couple in the movie in general. Oh, so okay. we can kind of throw that out the window. So we got Kirk Cameron playing this guy, Jack, who is a dog psychic. <gasps> and it's relatively unclear whether he can or cannot actually read dog's thoughts. Maybe at some point he had a connection with the dog where he could, but in... But when people come to bring their dogs to him, he can't actually do it. He's kind of a phony. So the, the movie opens with him pretending to read a dog's mind and the owner being, like, fed up and saying, like, I'm going to get your business closed down. So that happens. That's kind of, like, the setup is, like, this guy's kind of down on his luck. But then another guy comes in, and this is a rich guy, and he's bringing in his dog 
for a mind read and he actually gets a pretty good read on this dog and the owner is kind of freaked out and the owner leaves but before before the owner the wealthy owner leaves our protagonist jack says your dog's kind of nervous maybe there's three people that are in your life or in your house that this dog is kind of afraid of so be careful of that and so the owner leaves and then jack goes on living his life his place gets shut down but he finds he finds out a little while later that that wealthy owner guy had died mm. and left his fortune to not his, to his three children to his dog but to his dog aristocat and style. he has left jack in the, as the steward of said dog oh. so jack and the dog live in the mansion together and the three bratty adults kids they're not like kid they're like yeah. adults yeah have to move out and they are jealous because they don't get the money that they thought they had earned. Mm -hmm. And so Jack and the dog are are kind of living and then there's the three kids who want their revenge. They're trying to get a lawyer to get their stuff back. The uh, lawyer that brokered the the first will in the first place was the woman played by Chelsea Noble. Oh, I called her Chelsea because that was her name. I didn't realize that. I'm sorry. <laughs> subtle, subtle brain fart. That's yeah. okay. So she's the regular lawyer in the movie, but then the three kids also want to hire this evil lawyer to try to get the money back. But anyway, it turns out that there's this weird connection between Jack's brain and the dog's brain. And when the dog gets really excited, Jack like kind of like gets the mentality of a dog. It becomes like a weird like shaggy dog type thing where like he starts doing dog things. <laughs> So there's like a set piece where they tear up the house and then there's a set piece where they're like at the mall and they like tear up the food court. Does he do big zoomies? I don't know, man. I didn't see it. Probably. (laughs) Um, And then the climax goes that like in a courtroom, his brain connects with the dogs and he realizes from the dog's memory that one of the kids of of the wealthy man played by John DeLancey is he's kind of like the head evil kid had their father poisoned. <gasps> and so they they all get, all the kids get arrested and Jack and the dog, who is named Lucky, mm. get to keep the money and happy ending. So it is on Disney Plus, I just looked too. So someone is like, <laughs> oh so boy. who is Q in this? He Yeah, John DeLancey is one of the three oh, evil okay. kids. I might have they're, missed They're that. all adults. I keep calling them kids because they're the children they're of the, the wealthy, wealthy guy. guy. But they're all the adults' children. Okay, and he's the main and evil And he's like one. the lead evil. Okay. Yeah. I think I was looking up Disney Plus while you were saying that, so I apologize. That's okay. Um, I wasn't very clear the first time either. So, yeah. It sounds like fun. It sounds like a, a early version of Knives Out. Or the book series I'm reading right now, The Inheritance Games. So, you know, good times. Um, the Wikipedia says, In May 2016, Aubrey Page of Collider ranked each of the 99 Disney Channel original movies released up to that point. Page ranked You Lucky Dog at the bottom of the list. Oof. Writing, There's not a clear message here, and though it's only been a few days since I've watched this one, it already only exists in my mind under the file, Kirk Cameron Eats a Couch. So that's something. Oh, no. So maybe it does not have the highest reputation. Well, I'm still only a little curious about it just because I like seeing Q 
hamming it up on screen, <laughs> which I feel like that's like perfect setting for him to ham it up. It has body swap elements. Yes. And we know I love body swap, so interesting. Yeah. But yeah, that was you, Lucky Dog. And minute, what what a way to talk about minute one hundred to celebrate. I know. I'm trying to think <laughs> like the... which one would I rather watch, and I actually think I'd rather watch the real version than my version. <laughs> um, yeah. As for as bad as maybe this is, it feels like a slightly original plot with like a dog psychic and then like inheriting yeah. a fortune, like. It, when I was reading the description, I was like, oh, this is like a weird, like, kind of interesting thing. It's like like Aristocats and, but dogs. No like, offense to your idea, but like a woman connecting with a dog and then realizing the dog was her husband. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't care. <laughs> kind of rough. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. It would have been more progressive I, if I had switched the roles and the woman became the dog. Would it, would it have been? I don't think so, but would I'm it, just saying. Um, I never saw the shaggy dog with Tim Allen or the or original the old ones. Yeah, no, I didn't but either. Did, did those have an element of like the, the wife character, like having a love for the dog? Is that it is, like, like a Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah. I and don't, her husband? Like, I, don't I don't know. know. The, well, the okay. original Shaggy Dog, wasn't that called, like, the Nutty Professor, or was that Flubber? No. <laughs> Nutty Professor's a whole different genre. Oh, okay, that's not it's, that's not Flubber, though? I thought the original Flubber was that. Something like that. I don't, okay. Then then there's, like, the Absent-Minded Professor or something. Maybe like, Absent-Minded Professor's the original Flubber, I think. And then something like that. But, no, Shaggy Dog is its own thing, and then the Shaggy Dog is also the Shaggy D.A., which is the sequel about a, a about a lawyer dog. A lawyer dog, okay. <laughs> so yes, those are the old ones, and then Tim Allen made it, and then now we now it's the year twenty twenty two, and we've moved on with our lives. <laughs> but anyway, minute one hundred, Condra. Thank you for going along this journey. Oh no, thank you. We, we still got a little way to go. Yeah, we've come so far, but we've got so far to go. Hey, this isn't Hairspray Minute. I'm so excited about Hairspray Minute coming into reality. Good friend of the show, Blake Riley, is going to be doing Hairspray Minute, and I'm just excited. I don't think it's Minute, but it's it's in chunks. Well, I'm um, still excited to talk about Hairspray in the near future. But anyway, anyway, if people want to find our other projects or just engage with us online, where can they do that? They can find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Or me personally, at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. You can send us an email to amateurnerdspresent at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know your favorite 100 thing. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a favorite 100 thing, like the 100th anniversary of something. But Yeah, like the Nicole Kidman AMC ad for the 100th anniversary of AMC. I agree. Uh, well, I was thinking Kurt Vonnegut's turning 100 this year, or would have turned 100 this year. We're celebrating the 100th, or last year we were celebrating the 100th anniversary of Agatha Christie's first novel, but like... Maybe you just like the television show, The 100. Based on a book series, The 100. Or or the old Bob Saget game show, One Versus 100. Oh, yeah. I remember that show. Anyway. Anyway, special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at T Golden Art on Instagram. And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at joewinslowmusic.com. I have been Condra. And I've been Tyler, and we'll see you next time to find out how Troy and Gabriella finish this song. Will they end on a high note? You can bet on it. <laughs>